Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So is Memphis coach Mike Norvell headed to Florida State after this weekend's AAC championship game? And is Willie Taggart going to return to drive his old bus at USF? Who will make the college football playoff? We'll sort all of that out with Matt Baker, the college football writer for the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, if you're like me, you probably turn the heat on this week, and that means that your electric bill is going to be going up and up. And mine was over $300, so we got to do something about that. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available. They don't use high voltage like other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They have a full showroom that's open weekdays so you can see their quality products. And May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and peers. Now, there's a lot of solar companies out there imitating them, trying to use their great name. But remember, they don't use subcontractors, and they don't subcontract for any other company in any way. So it has to be May all the way. Stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and let's start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And if you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019. Just have a month to go here by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. All right, Matt Baker joins us now, and FSU has said it may take another week to hire its new head coach. Matt, what does this mean? So I think it means a couple things. One, it's a smart move by Florida State at this point because there was a whole lot of speculation uh, Monday and I guess really early Tuesday morning that something was imminent, right? Like there were people buzzing. I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I had multiple people telling me, that Florida State was painting the field at Doak. <laughs> There's only one reason they could be doing that, because the announcement is nigh. Um, and, and there were pictures of the, the uh, a, a potential press conference area being set up in, in the Champions Club lounge and all this stuff. So I think there was a lot of buzz going on. Some of it may be real, some of it maybe not. So FSU you know, put a damper on it. Uh, right? I should say the Tallahassee Democrat um, reported Tuesday morning that it's probably not going to happen this week, which I think was, you know, you read between the lines, I think it was good for FSU to get that message out there to kind of calm mm-hmm. things down, especially considering the AD put a timeline, you know, a, a month ago that it would be done by the end of the season, if not a little bit before. So going forward, what does this mean? Well, you can read between the lines, and if they don't have somebody in place right now, if they're saying it's going to be probably after this weekend, we can pretty safely assume it's somebody who's coaching on Saturday or potentially Friday night, I guess. So that sure. gives you a, a pretty reasonable pool. I mean, the top name on there is Memphis coach Mike Norvell, who was on kind of the short list, I thought, from day one. Uh, he's done an extremely good job at, at Memphis. Third consecutive AAC West title. You know, t- took over a program that was doing very well under Justin Fuente and has taken it up a notch. So I think he's probably the most likely guy. 
And, but there's also potential candidates, too. Um, Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati coach, is a name that's been, you know, I've heard a, a little bit. The Clemson coordinators, Venable, Scott, and Elliott. Um, you know, I'm, I'm less, I, I'm more skeptical skeptical about those three, but I suppose those could be in the mix. And then who knows, there might be some sort of wild card in there as well. But that's kind of how I read the news on Tuesday, that it's not going to happen here in the next couple of days. That means it's somebody who's coaching on Saturday in which case it could be a late night Saturday or an early Sunday morning. Yeah, that timetable makes sense. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. What if um, USC Southern Cal retain, retains Kim Helton, as Bruce Feldman has reported? Um, you know, there's some some reports that maybe James Franklin from Penn State had an interest in that job. We know Urban Meyer's name has been tossed around. Is Franklin somebody that could become available if that happens? Well, there's certainly been a lot of com- a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about Florida State having a, a good amount of interest in James Franklin. He was asked about it Saturday after their win over Rutgers and said, basically, I love Penn State and uh, hopefully this whole thing will get taken care of soon, which mm-hmm. is a great way to to say nothing. Um, so if mm-hmm. it's one of those things where if he wanted to say no, I'm staying, he could have, he didn't. Right. Now, right. what, what I read into that is very few coaches say that because, A, never say never, and, B, mm-hmm. you have a little bit of leverage if your bosses come in and say, hey, what can we do to keep you? Um, sure. That's kind of the dance that gets played this time of year in, in colleges. So I, I don't think James Franklin is the guy. I'm not ruling it out 100%, but I, I, would, be, I would be very mildly surprised at this point if that were to happen, regardless of what happens at USC. I mean, USC... Yeah, I think is a better job than Florida State right now. So I could see maybe Florida State not being the one for him, but USC might. Um, and then, too, who knows what happens with the NFL if that was something he wanted to entertain or, or something NFL teams wanted to entertain from their end. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Norvell just uh, for a second. You know, he's won almost 40 games in the last four years. You, you pretty much laid out his resume, up-and-coming young head coach, 38 years old. Would this be a guy that uh, would excite uh, the fan base and or uh, recruits in this area? Does he recruit Florida now? Uh, what what would be the the hurdles for him coming into a job uh, like this one? So I think he would be an exciting name because, again, he has done a great job at Memphis, which has historically been a not very easy place to win. Um, he's sure. had very good running backs. He's had uh, his, his offenses the last three years have all been in the top eight nationally in scoring. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I think from a football aesthetic standpoint, he's certainly something Florida State fans would be excited about if that's the way it goes down. But, yes, there mm-hmm. are some, some, some drawbacks there. Um, he's a Texas guy. Um, he's coached in the past at, at Tulsa, um, Pitt for a year, Arizona State. So his ties are not really to Florida. He, he's dipped into mm-hmm. Florida a little bit in recruiting, but I think he's only signed a couple guys from here since he's been at Memphis. So this is okay. not the... the um, the, the fertile recruiting ground that he is most familiar with. Now, you could, again, working under the assumption he's the guy here, but if that's the way it goes down, then you can fix that by hiring a bunch of assistants with, with, with Florida, Florida ties on your staff sure. and, and making it that go that way. But So it's, he's not like a, a slam dunk home run necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, again, you look at what he's done at Memphis, it, it's extremely hard to project coaches, but there's certainly a lot of stuff that a Florida State fan could get excited about with Norvell if that's the way it happens. Sure. Another up-and-coming young head coach. USF, according to our Joey Knight, is uh, talking with Willie Taggart again about becoming their coach. Remarriages are interesting, if not always wise, Matt. Uh, first of all, why does this make sense for USF? 
Well, it, it makes sense because he has won at a level at that the, the program hasn't done before. I mean, he had the best season in school history, period. Full stop. End of story. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you look at just how attractive the job is. It's certainly great for an up-and-comer, but it's a job with some wars. I mean, we've seen the, the, the financial issues with USF. I mean, they're, they're not poor. I'm not saying that. But the fact that they still don't have an indoor, uh, this, this football complex has been in the works for a couple of years, and they still haven't broken ground on it. At some point, that kind of becomes a concern where you, do I, as a coach, have the resources I need to be successful? You look at the fact that USF has never won a conference championship. There's probably some reasons why. So I say that to say that you're not going to get, again, the, the, it's a very good G5 job, but it is not the, 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 the cream of the crop. So that kind of limits your pool a little bit. Um, but Willie, again, he knows all of this. Willie knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, everything that you're going to know about USF, because it wasn't that long ago that he was, that he was here. Um, I think he's a name that would get a lot of people excited. He's, uh, his personality is such that he could be a very good salesman, um, which is something that USF needs to kind of get some buzz around the program to help bring in those dollars to get the facilities and everything else. Um, and, and again, he is, aside from what happened at FSU, which is a very real, those things happened. I saw a lot of those games. I, I know what happened. <laughs> um, but he is still a very good recruiter. He is a, you know, was proven to be a good recruiter at the AAC level. And uh, won a good amount of games at USF. So I think he is absolutely worth kicking the tires on. And, and I, that goes both ways. Again, I'm not saying he is the guy, but I, I know he has interest. I, you know, as Joey has reported, USF has, has interest in him. And it's certainly worth exploring that while USF considers other options. You know, like Larry Scott, the, uh, the Gators tight ends coach, um, who's an interim coach at Miami, was part of the first class at USF. He's a guy that would make a lot of sense, um, just to name kind of another one that kind of jumps out. Let's talk about the uh, seamy underbelly of college football or college sports a little bit here with USF. Somebody had to buy out Charlie Strong. I'm guessing boosters were involved. Mm-hmm. How much power or say do those same boosters have in, in trying to influence or maybe even select the next such coach? In other words, does Mike Kelly – have to consider that above all else. And, and in case of Willie, he got a pretty large settlement from Florida State. So would they be saving some money by hiring him? Yeah, so, so a couple things there. The, the amount of power a boost, the boosters have depends on the school, and it depends on the booster. Um, Florida State's an athletic department. You know, they're in this process of restructuring it. But it, it's, a, it's a program where traditionally the boosters have had a lot of power. And, and David Coburn, the AD, acknowledged as much. Uh, in, in this press conference after they, they fired Willie and said, yeah, we're going to consult with the boosters because this is a big financial investment and we want them to be involved to some capacity. Um, at USF, I don't, there aren't as many big dollar boosters, um, but I'm sure some of the top ones are going to have some sort of, there's going to be some sort of conversations in it. Um, I, I think a good idea uh, for, for ADs is to get them involved early. Who, hey, who are some names that you'd like us to consider? And then the ADs mm-hmm. do their work and come back at the end, where you don't want boosters meddling every step of the way, but you also mm-hmm. don't want to ignore them either because they're they're paying you a, a ton of money. Um, as far as the the Willie Taggart buyout wrinkle to this, I, again, I wrote about it a couple weeks ago, I guess. Now um, he never, there was never a formal finalized contract between him 
and and Florida State, according to FSU. So what they were were working on was this. I think it was nine page letter of agreement, quick memo of understanding that lays out a lot of the stuff, but doesn't have a ton of details. So if you're working under that, there is a you know he would his his next job would be an offset about what FSU was paying him. So FSU pays him. It's going to be a monthly payment from now until I think it's January 2024. That's 85% of what he would have made had he not been fired. However, mm-hmm. that is offset if he gets another job. So if USF, I'll make up a number. If USF is going to pay him $2 million a year and Florida State owed him 4.8 or whatever it is, then Florida State would then only owe him $2.8 million a year. So that's a potential uh, you know, a factor there that would be good for FSU. But we've also seen situations where Coaches, when they get a new job, they're cognizant of that. So they say, you know what? I don't need a ton of money from my new school. Let's put that to assistance and make the old school exactly. keep paying me. So, yeah, um, exactly. That makes that Charlie makes did him when he left Texas. Yeah, I think that makes him more attractive in some. And look, it's just the reality of their financial situation. But you know, this is not Florida or Florida State even. But if you can pay, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but you could pay Willie half a million dollars or less. And and make us or make FSU pick up the rest of it. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's a set amount that you have to give him, and he could certainly uh, certainly help this coaching budget that way. So, I'm just saying, I think I think for a lot of reasons, including financial, Willie Taggart makes a lot of sense. No, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, every coach that you that, that any school brings in, there's a risk involved because sure. you know Willie Taggart in 2019 is not the same as Willie Taggart in 2015. It's not mm-hmm. not saying it's better or worse. Just he is different. The program is different. Um, and certainly when you're if, if you're looking at an assistant or a coordinator, you know, one of the Clemson coordinators could make a lot of sense at, at USF. I mean, um, I saw that at least one player was advocating for Tony Elliott, you know, a great recruiter, mm-hmm. one of the OCs at Clemson. So if, if you do that, there's a chance it absolutely works out. But with the, with a coordinator, there's a little bit more risk. Um, but w- with Willie. I think the, the risk is lower because, again, we've seen it. He has done it. He didn't do it that long ago. It's not like Rutgers and, and, and Greg Schiano, your, your, your boy. Um, it, it's not like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. because... <laughs> My boy. I, I refer yeah, to him that way often. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, he's, he's definitely a lot of people's boys. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's not like that. Where Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A, it was a while ago, and, and B, I mean, Rutgers has changed the league since then. So, like, the Rutgers Shiano was walking into is so different than the Rutgers he left. It's not quite like that uh, with USF and Willie. So, yeah, I, I think he, he would make a lot of sense for a bunch of different reasons. I don't know that it's going to happen, but he, he would be high on the list of people I, I would consider if I'm Michael Kelly. Taggart would also have to do something else. He'd probably have to stipulate that he's not going somewhere uh, anytime soon, to, you know, a, a finite number of years that he would commit to, um, I would think, because you know, let's face it, he had 
in one calendar or two calendar years, I think he had three jobs. Correct. And, and there's, I mean, you, you couldn't have it completely ironclad, but certainly I think your, your point is well taken. Um, that he would, it would be wise of USF to protect their investment by making mm-hmm. his buyout if he were to leave for another job very, very substantial. Um, right. I, I guess I would question too whether and how much Willie would want to do that, right? Because his right. first year at Oregon was was fine. Uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't great. It wasn't a disaster. You know, there there mm-hmm. were definitely some 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 obvious issues on and off the field. But he did improve them by three wins, despite having some quarterback issues with injuries. So it was mixed. And then obviously his tenure at Florida State was was a disaster. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how much he would be even thinking about that at a certain point. I would I would hope for him. You kind of realize if you're in a good place after a certain while, don't don't mess with happy. Um, Don't mess with good. Um, But then again, he's also still pretty young. and has a long career ahead of him if he wants it. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, certainly for the first few years, USF would be wise to put in a big buyout for him if he were to leave for another job. Well, he also has his son who's a three-star quarterback, so that might not hurt USF either. Um, lots of conference championships games uh, this weekend, Matt, uh, and, and they will have national playoff implications, I would imagine. Let's start maybe um, based on when these games are played, but Baylor – and Oklahoma are going to meet for the Big 12 championships. Uh, tell me what Oklahoma and or Baylor's path, if they have any, uh, might be to uh, to get into that Final Four grouping. Well, let's let's back up a second if we're going kind of chronological, because you yada yada it over the Pac-12 title game, which I think well, I they're mean, actually playing later though, right at 8 p.m. They're, they're, when I, when they're I playing Friday. They're on Friday. The Pac-12. Oh, they're on Friday. Oh, well, then you, yeah, that's which, totally on me. Absolutely. Which which is that's a big better. game. Utah versus Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'm I'm excited for that because it's a Pac-12 game that's going to be over or at least kick off before my bedtime, and that doesn't happen a lot, <laughs> right? Um, right. But I, I'm really interested to see how Oregon does against a really good, or how Utah does against a really good Oregon team, because Utah has just mm-hmm. been kicking the crap out of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. They've just been curb stomping almost everyone they've played. Only loss was to U- uh, to USC on a weeknight when they were without their their top running back. Um, one of the kind of interesting things with Utah, uh, three of their best players are from Hollandale, uh, down in Broward County, um, where they were teammates with, with Josh Hammond, the Gators, Gators receiver. I have no idea how they ever lost a game when you've got your, your top quarterback at you at a, you know, college football playoff contending team, the leading running back for a college football playoff contending team, their number two receiver. And then a guy who was a a very productive four year player for the Gators. I don't know how they ever lost. Um, wow. But I'm just really excited to see how Utah, particularly that that really, really good defense, does against a good Oregon team with a NFL quarterback in Justin Herbert. Okay, so let's let's keep that in mind. Let's say that Utah beats Oregon and that good quarterback in Justin Herbert, and so they're sitting there with just one loss against USC. No shame in that necessarily. Now we go to Saturday, and we have Baylor and Oklahoma. I would imagine Oklahoma still thinks they have a really good look at this thing. They do. Um, I, I think between Utah and Oklahoma, they're they're both going to have to run up the score. Um, I think style sure. points are going to matter here. I, I don't love mm-hmm. that, but I think that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen because, again, every every Sunday I sit down with a cup of coffee and I do my AP Top 25 ballot. It's not the same as what the committee does, but there's a lot of similarities to it. 
And I keep going back and forth on, on Oklahoma and Utah. I've kept OU ahead, but every single week I'm like, do I, do I, how strongly do I feel about this? And I'm mm-hmm. looking at every metric I can because Utah, o, OU has a better resume overall. They have more quality wins because the Pac-12 isn't, hasn't been that great this year. But Utah might be the better team. And Utah has, I guess Utah's defense might be about as good as OU's offense. So there's, they're, they're both very, very close. So I think what's going to have to happen is it's going to be a style point thing to give one last impression for the, the playoff committee. Um, but yeah, if, if OU beats Baylor again, uh, absolutely. O, OU is going to be in that mix with uh, you know Georgia, depending on what happens in, in the SEC title game in Utah. We'll stick with the national championship implications. And at 4 p.m., Georgia plays LSU for the SEC championship uh what would uh, a georgia win do to the polls does lsu get in anyway under that scenario yeah i think lsu then i we obviously we don't know for sure but i feel i mean lsu has been one of the top couple teams for almost all season they've got an offense that's ridiculous heisman trophy you know, probably winner at quarterback wins over bama auburn a&m florida yeah, I, I, unless they get unless they get skunked by, by like again like fifty nine to nothing or something, I, sure. I think I think LSU is in period. Um, in which case, if Georgia wins, I think Georgia's in, and then it's pretty clean cut. I mean, not everyone's going to like it because again, you mm-hmm. have a Pac twelve and Big Twelve champ left out. But I think in that case, it's you know in some order: Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, and then I honestly yeah. I think the the Gators should be rooting for Georgia. Um, that when the, the playoff uh, committee's rankings came out the other night, Florida, I, I tried really hard to think of a scenario when I looked at it where Florida was not in the New Year's Six Bowl game. I did not see one unless there's just insanity and, and major teams getting blown out or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, but if Georgia and LSU are both in the playoff, then Florida's in the Sugar Bowl, which is a, a big accomplishment. Um, potentially against Oklahoma, which would be a ton of fun to watch. So, what a great uh, game Flo- that would be, yeah. I know, right? Um, so, yeah, Florida fans, I, I think, need to be pulling for Georgia here to have the chance of two SEC teams and then uh, spend in uh, New Year's uh, on uh, Bourbon Street. I've been there. It's crazy. Um, make sure you put your wallet in your front pocket. So uh, yeah, that's my sure. big advice. Um, okay, so we have the ACC title. Boy, Dabo Sweeney sure hasn't been shy about – what he thinks is the committee's distaste for Clemson this year, or maybe the ACC in general. Uh, but congratulations, though, to the Virginia Cavaliers for making it to the, uh, to the ACC title game. This is a, a good story for Virginia, and I think their dream uh, pretty much ends here, right? Rick, uh, I don't know if you, re- you remember uh, what some clairvoyant, uh, charismatic, handsome person said on this podcast <laughs> last week. About, we have tape now. <laughs> uh, we, we, exactly, we have tape. Well, we can roll back the tape and see yeah. uh, somebody saying the football gods would have to have Virginia win, snap a 15-game losing streak to the rival Hokies of Virginia Tech, because the coastal gods, it. the coastal chaos, would have seven different division champs in seven years. And, and lo and behold, <laughs> uh, college football does not disappoint. Congratulations, Virginia. <laughs> Bryce Perkins is a great, you know, great quarterback. Um, extremely fun to watch. He's going to have like eight yards on Saturday. <laughs> um, Travis Etienne, Clemson's running back, is going to run for like 150. Trevor Lawrence is going to pass for 400. 
Clemson's going to win by three or four touchdowns, more if they want. Um, but hey, absolutely, congrats to, to Virginia because that's they. Again, I've said this before. One of the things I love about this sport is how you'll have random stories with random teams and random years coming back and doing something they haven't done before. And this year, one of those teams is Virginia. So congratulations. Enjoy it the next uh, couple days because you might not enjoy what happened Saturday night in Charlotte. And Clemson will be back in the uh, in the Final Four, I believe, without Alabama this time. So we won't have yet another rematch. Okay, so Ohio State is at my wife's Wisconsin is playing my wife's Wisconsin Badgers again this time for the Big Ten title. I thought really thought that PJ Fleck and Minnesota were going to get here, and maybe that would have been a more interesting game. I don't like sequels, especially when I know how they're going to end. But uh, Ohio State is looks like the best team in the country. If it's not LSU, it's certainly them. There's you know, I mean, this is a coronation right for the Big Ten title. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Un- unless like a a plague hits hits Columbus, um, <laughs> maybe a flu. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Some, unless it's something like that. Um, uh, to me, this is one of those things. Like, like cause, believe me, I'm excited for for the games this weekend. Um, I I really truly am. But it would be so much. But there are not a lot of competitive ones. Yeah, I mean, it's just no. You know. It's here's the thing. I I know what happened when Ohio State plays Wisconsin. It, it was thirty eight right. to seven. Right. Exactly. So I, I, exactly. I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that movie. Uh, OU Baylor has potential was, was a very entertaining game the first time. But I also know what happened. OU won yeah. at Baylor. Um, exactly. Cincinnati Memphis for the AAC. That that was a, a fine game. But I also know what happened because it happened a week ago. So yeah. to me, this is one of the, the signs where it screams we need an eight team playoff because while these games are going to be fun, w- would you rather watch? Wisconsin get another crack at Ohio State, or would you rather watch Memphis against Ohio State, which is something different? Um, we we have a pretty idea, good idea what's going to happen with Clemson, uh, Virginia, right? What about uh, Clemson hosting Oklahoma? Which again, they they are the Big Twelve champions in, in my mind because they beat Baylor, the other team in there. So it, it, to me, the, these games are, are are nice, but the, the rematches kind of are a reminder that look. It could be better if the the smarter people uh, in the college football uh, college football community said, you know what, this this system's dumb and old. Let's change it. And oh, lo and behold, we could have an eighteen playoff with a lot more enticing matchups that we haven't seen before. And yet, this game is played by eighteen to twenty two year old kids for the most part. So anything can happen. And as Keith yep. Jackson would say, and almost anything does. And so. What we wake up Monday and or Tuesday, whenever the final college uh, playoff poll comes out, and the final four teams are what or whom? The final four teams: it's Ohio State, it's LSU, it's Clemson, and it's Utah. Ooh, I think. I think. Like yeah, I, I think Georgia loses a close one to LSU. I don't feel great mm. about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the committee has been hesitant. On, on Oklahoma and the fact that they've consistently ranked Utah ahead, I think Utah's got a good chance to kind of again that a really good defense to smother a good Oregon team. And I don't know that OU is going to destroy Baylor. Uh, OU is a very good team that has some it has more flaws than Utah does. You you know Utah's offense and defense combined, I think, is better than than Oklahoma's offense and defense combined. So I think those are the type of things that the committee is going to notice, and I think. You know, I think the Utes are our team for which you know I wrote it a couple weeks ago. I think it would be great for college football, just to have sure make it more national with a team from a different part of the country, a team that hasn't been there before. 
that a few years ago was in the Mountain West and made the jump to a major conference. And now here they are getting ready to have a chance to play for the national title. So that's that's my hunch. Well, that would be an exciting group for sure. Big Ten champion, um, SEC champion, the ACC, and the Pac-12 represented again. Uh, I guess it's been a while since we've seen that uh, with Oregon, of course, uh, a couple of years. So that would be an exciting Final Four. A good uh, college football weekend of championship games. And, of course, uh, as always, you want to follow the USF and FSU coaching searches with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times. You can find him on tampabay.com. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Always great to catch up with Matt. Man, I can't believe the college football season is coming to a close. It went by really fast. Uh, The Lightning return home tonight to play the Minnesota Wild, coming off that exciting overtime win in Nashville. What a game that was. And we'll preview the Bucs versus Colts with my buddy cop Eduardo Encina. That game at Raymond James Stadium as Bruce Arians' team uh, tries to win its third game in a row. And remember, folks, if you want to start saving money on your electric bill, I got the solution for you. May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned company. They're the best solar company available. And if uh, if you call them right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. And so you got about a month left for that. Call the real May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 